2: I'm Dylan Tire, and this is Believe in Ohio State. NFL Draft is officially complete. Ohio State Buckeyes, now former Ohio State Buckeyes, I really should say, have their new destinations in the National Football League, and we are very, very excited to talk this week all about that. Welcome to another week of Believe in Ohio State Football. Great to have you back with me, and I am so, so excited about Justin Fields to the Chicago Bears. As all of you know, I'm a huge Bears fan And I'm clearly a big Justin Fields guy. I had no idea the Bears were going to trade up in that draft. I had no inclination the Bears were going to pick a quarterback. I did not expect them at all. Not one piece of my being thought the Bears were going to draft Justin Fields. When that happened, when the Bears traded up, I got very giddy. When the pick was announced that it was Justin Fields of the Ohio State University, I was just about the happiest I have ever been in my entire life. I get to root for Justin Fields while rooting for the Chicago Bears. Uh, this could not be any better. I'm so, so happy about Justin Fields to the Chicago Bears. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later on this show, uh, but I think this is going to work out. I think this fit is good for the Bears. I think this fit is good for Justin Fields. I'm really, really comfortable with this situation, and, and you know as bad as things have been, For the Chicago Bears with their quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks, I think they may have got it right this time. So I'm really, really hoping it works out, and I'm really, really excited to see what happens with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Overall, it was a really successful draft for Ohio State. They saw 10 Buckeyes get drafted. Uh, Overall, every single guy that was eligible to be drafted at Ohio State this year ended up with a team, whether it was through the draft or undrafted free agency. So you really got to consider that a success. And what we're going to do later on this episode is I'm going to welcome in my good buddy Tim Tully. He's a guy that knows a lot about college football, a ton about the National Football League. Um, You know, he's a broadcaster as well, so he does a lot of different sports, including college football. So he's a really knowledgeable guy. When it comes to the Buckeyes and when it when it comes to football in general. So what we're going to do is talk about each uh, each Ohio State Buckeye and where they got drafted. And we're going to do a little snake draft uh, of our favorite fits. So not necessarily who we think is going to be the best in the NFL or where we think guys should have been drafted. It's going to be a snake draft of where we think guys fit the best, who fits best with the team that picked them. So we're gonna do a little bit, of, a little bit of a snake draft later on, and we're also gonna talk uh, just in general about how these guys fit in certain situations, and you know how we felt about the draft overall. So we've got that to look forward to. But before we get there, I gotta tell you about our good friends over at Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, before we bring Tim Tully on, I've just got one piece of news surrounding the football program at Ohio State as it relates to college football, not the pros. Jamison Williams, Ohio State wide receiver, Uh, He entered the transfer portal and very quickly transferred to Alabama. So Jamison Williams, a really talented, a really quick wide receiver for Ohio State, no longer with the program. He's going to go with the defending national champions, the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, It's a little bit odd because usually when guys transfer, they're not upgrading programs necessarily, or they're not even moving kind of parallel to the program that they were in because, you know, Ohio State, they're right there with Alabama. They played them in the national championship game, but you don't see a team lose a guy that lost in the national championship game transfer to the national champions. If he's not getting playing time at Ohio State, How's he going to get playing time at Alabama? You usually see a guy transfer to a little bit lesser of a program, but in this in this scenario, you know, look at what Alabama lost in the draft. Uh, they lost a couple of good receivers in Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. So Jamison Williams sees an opportunity there, and obviously Alabama uh, sees him as a fit for them. He's going to get an opportunity to play with the Crimson Tide. Uh, it stinks to see Jamison Williams go. But you look at what Ohio State has in their wide receiver room. We talked about it after the spring game on this podcast. Uh, Ohio State is stacked when it comes to that wide receiver group. And Jamison Williams just didn't fit anymore. He wasn't going to have the opportunity. Guys had passed him up on the depth depth chart. Uh, Some better young receivers came into that room, and they're going to get the opportunity to play over Jamison Williams. So he finds himself in a really, really good scenario, I think, right now. He's, he's going to have a good quarterback in Bryce Young at Alabama. He's going to have the opportunity to play alongside their probably top wide receiver now in John Mechie. Um, so I think he's going to get a good amount of playing time. And, you know, the way that things have worked out now with the transfer rules in college football— Uh, he's not going to have to sit out at all. Jamison Williams is going to be able to play right away at Alabama, and uh, I'm I'm excited, rather, to see what Jamison Williams is able to do there uh, with the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. But that's really it for news around the program at Ohio State in Columbus this week. It's really all about the NFL draft right now and where former Buckeyes ended up. So with that in mind, right now let's send it over to my conversation in our snake draft with Tim Tully. All right, everybody, I'm joined by my good buddy Tim Tully right now to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes in the NFL draft. We're going to have some fun, do a little, uh, do a little snake draft ourselves about the best fits for the Ohio State Buckeyes and their new NFL teams. Tim, he's a man of many talents. I think you're an NFL guru, a draft guru, a college football guru, and you're also a, a play-by-play announcer. So you cover a lot of different fields as it relates to football, but Tim, I want to ask you this question to get started going back to the very beginning of the season before, you know, COVID or anything after last season. And, you know, you're, you're coming out with your 2021 early mock drafts. If I would have told you that Pete Orner was going to be the first Ohio state Buckeye off the board after Justin Fields, what would you have told me then?
0: I would have said "Did Chris Lave not come out because that <laughs> would have been my initial re- response. Right. And thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I, I that is a great point, right? But you think about Werner, especially, and I think they got overshadowed a little bit because of, like, with the Alabama game, and you're thinking about that image of tough Borland running behind Devonta Smith. And you forget, like, and Pete Warner, I think in between last year and kind of moving him to that bullet position, he really jumped off. So it kind of does make sense, but I would be shocked, especially considering, you know, I, and I was shocked uh, on. Sunday right I was thinking maybe Sermon maybe Wyatt Davis like one of those guys and I probably would have said that to you it would have been Alave or Wyatt Davis who I was expecting to go second if it was you know last fall especially considering all the uh or Sean Wade man right well, that,
2: like, that, that was going to be my next question what would you have told me if I told you at that point that Luke Farrell got drafted before Sean Wade
0: I would have said, which team is Urban Meyer coaching?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what happened, right? Uh, (laughs) What, what'd you think about that Luke Farrell pick? I thought that was obviously quite a reach. I think you probably could have gotten Luke Farrell potentially as an undrafted free agent, but I mean, as an Urban Meyer guy, he likes his guy. And with that being said, I think Luke Farrell was probably underutilized at Ohio state, like every tight end in the recent history of the Ohio state Buckeyes. So you know, it, it it could be a fit. Luke Farrell could be better than we think he is. But what was your reaction there? Because I was a little bit stunned.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the point. And this is somewhere. You know, I follow the Cowboys, and the Cowboys took a guy in the third round, Naishon Wright, who's like a six foot four cornerback. Yeah, his with, brother was you
2: know, on his brother was on Last Chance U.
0: Yeah. yeah. So they, so they were shocked by that. And I was like, maybe these guys, they just get attached to a guy and they're like, I need this guy now. And if you think about the tight end position, right. If if they're looking for an inline blocking tight end, and I know the Redskins or the Washington football team, uh, I'll put uh, 20 in the jar there. Um, they took a tight end over Brevin Jordan in like the sixth or seventh round an inline blocking tight end. And you're thinking, okay, it's just about where it fits. And, you know, Jacksonville does have a lot of talent. And I think with, being able to sure up with a guy like Farrow who can really block, especially big, scary guys off the end, considering he was going up against Chase Young and, and Nick Bosa and all these other guys the last couple of years. Urban Meyer knows what to expect from him. Obviously he probably got the best, you know, report possible out of Ryan day and Kevin Wilson um, to make him feel comfortable with that. And they had a ton of picks. So once you get to the fifth round, you start to pick for needs and, and that's where he fell. But yeah, there, there were definitely other guys around, but, you'd imagine with urban that uh, he had to get one Buckeye, right?
2: Yeah, I know he he had his, he had plenty of opportunities and I was surprised to see him pass on more Ohio state Buckeyes to be completely honest with you, but overall another successful draft for the Buckeyes 10 guys got picked overall, every single eligible Buckeye uh, ended up with an NFL team, whether it was via the draft or whether it was via undrafted free agency, but kind of a, a stranger draft for Ohio state, because you're used to seeing two, three guys go in the first round, they only had Justin Fields, the quarterback, going in the first round, 11th overall to my Chicago Bears. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. It was one of the greatest nights of my life. I did not expect the Bears to draft Justin Fields at all. And when it happened, uh, uh, I lost my mind. I was so happy. But you know, another Buckeye didn't go until 60th overall with Pete Werner. So that's a little bit shocking to see. But I, I feel like there's a common theme this year with a lot of these Buckeyes that they're going to be solid pros. They're just not maybe jump off the page at you type guys, whether it is a Pete Werner or a, or a Josh Myers or a Wyatt Davis guys like that. But how about we get into our snake draft now, Tim, how do you want to do it? Do you want to start out? Do you want me to start out? And just so everybody knows, you know, we're not drafting who we think is going to be the best pro or who we think, you know, should have gone here. We're drafting based off of what we think the best fit for this player with their team is. Do I have that right, Tim?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, and you know what? I'll let you go first because I think uh, the first one, the first one is, uh, is the uh, get two hundred dollars to pass go for you with a free bingo square. So I'll let you lead it off.
2: I'm not going to go Justin Fields. I'm going to go off the board completely with this pick. I'm going to go Sean Wade with the Baltimore Ravens. I think it is the perfect scenario for Sean Wade because, look, he did not have a great. Senior season at Ohio State, but the year prior when everything was going according to plan, fans in the stands, full season, everything like that. He was playing in the slot. Uh, I think he was one of Ohio State's most important defenders. And you put him on a good team with a good defense, like like uh, Baltimore. I think that is a really really good scenario for him. He's not going to have pressure on him to start right away. He's going to be able to work into that scheme, get coached up a little bit. So I think Sean Wade is a, a really good fit with the Baltimore Ravens and. You know, maybe it's not the best fit out of all these guys, but I'm going to go off the board a little bit because I think that's going to work out well for Sean Wade.
0: And you know what? The thing about Sean Wade, too, is you think about that Baltimore defense, right? And they have Peters and Humphreys, and you're not going to have to – he's not going to have to cover the number one guy right off the bat, right? He's going to be able to fill in those gaps, play the slot where we've seen him to be extremely effective, and you can plug and play him right there. Like Dallas did that with Jordan Lewis a few years ago, and I even think Wade is a better prospect coming in where he can hop on. He knows what he has to do. He's going to have the ability to cover some good receivers in practice. Like, you know, Hollywood Brown is out there. I think they got Rashad Bateman maybe, or he might've yep, went they got him. Bateman. So there's a handful of really solid receivers there and he'll be able to grow. And that's, you know, Wink Martindale, that defensive group, that's as good as it gets in the NFL. And the Ravens are a team that if you look across the NFL, they draft better than anybody else. So they certainly know the fit was there. And I think the value with where they got Sean Wade is just incredible, considering, like we were saying, right? The fifth round. What, what would we have thought last summer? We thought he was a first round pick who might yeah, opt many, out.
2: Many people thought he could be the, the first cornerback off the board, and he very well could have been the first cornerback off the board if he had opted out this season because he has all the measurables. Uh, he has the athletic ability. He, he had it on tape ahead of this season, just had a bad season this year. But I'm with you. I think that value is fantastic.
0: Yep. All right. So for my first pick, this is interesting because I'm trying to think about the draft strategy because, you know, I got a couple guys that I really want to get here. And if the graphic comes out and you're, you have the guys I want, it's going to hurt me. Um, <laughs> but I think laying around this far, it's too hard to pass up on Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears. Um, first off, they, the Bears traded up. They know they got their guys is the guy they want. And, you know, everybody's freaking out. Okay. It's the Bears are the quarterback, but one, Justin Fields isn't Mitch Trubisky. He's has more college playing experience. He played against better competition in college. He has double the amount of starts Trubisky had. And say what you want about Matt Nagy, but he can put an offense together. He can set guys up he was one of the people in Kansas city who said, we need to look at this guy, Patrick Mahomes, when they were watching him in college. So he does see similar traits there. The ability to start as a mobile quarterback, that could create a friendly offense like they did for Mitch early on, where they can get fields on the move, get easy passes. And I love the bears. Like I know you're a bears fan, but just the way the bears work, it's always a good defense. And now you can plug and place that quarterback and, You know, he doesn't need to be perfect. And that's the advantage with Fields. And that's why I think this fit is such a valuable one to take in the first round of our draft here, because he's not going to have to do too much. There's a great defense. You know, Aaron Rodgers might be leaving town. This might be a pretty friendly division with Detroit, Minnesota, who you never know what you're going to get out of Minnesota and Green Bay against Jordan Love is basically starting at the same point as Fields if Rodgers doesn't come back. Um, So I love the pick there. And now, Um, I'm going to sweat out your second pick and hope I I get my guy in the the second round.
2: Well, I'll I'll give my two cents on the situation because I agree with you, like similar to how I talked about with Sean Wade, there's not a, not a lot of pressure on the situation for a guy to succeed. I just feel like that's an ideal situation for Justin Fields in Chicago, because you've got not just Andy Dalton, but you've got Nick Foles there as well. And you know, all signs point to Nick Foles being there during the season where they're going to have two veteran quarterbacks, guys with starting experience, Um, You know, the way it worked in Kansas City, uh, they had Tyler Bray as the third quarterback there. He's currently the third quarterback for the Bears, but he won't be, you know, with Justin Fields coming in. But uh, Mahomes had to be the backup in that scenario. Does Justin Fields even have to be the backup in this scenario? Uh, say Andy Dalton goes down with a season-ending injury are they going to toss Fields into the situation are they going to say hey Nick Foles this is you for the rest of the season I just think there is zero pressure whatsoever for Justin Fields in this situation he's got two great quarterbacks to learn from on top of Matt Nagy and the other offensive coaches in that staff Uh, I really like it and the way you talked about Trubisky as well I'm right there with you Justin Fields he's just better than Mitch Trubisky as everything about him is better, better experience. He He's played under more pressure. He's won more games. Justin Fields has been a huge recruit since he was a high schooler and, you know, he's lived up to the hype ever since then. Um, so I, I just think it's a great scenario. And even in that Mitch Trubisky situation, uh, you go back, the bears had Mike Glennon as their starting quarterback. They had just signed him to big money. Uh, and he was unproven in his own right. He sucked to start the season, and Mitch Trubisky was forced into the situation almost by the fans, really, in that in that year. But uh, that's just not going to happen. I, I, love, I love the ability uh, for Justin Fields to sit behind not one but two quarterbacks with experience. And, you know, as pessimistic as I am about the Bears sometimes, as overly optimistic as I am about the Bears sometimes, I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out because – I feel like Justin Fields' floor is much higher than Mitch Trubisky's floor, and his ceiling is also much higher than Mitch Trubisky's as well. So I'm there. Are we snaking this, or am I just going to go?
0: I'll, we'll go straight, but before you get into it, I, I do agree with it. the one thing you said, you know, talk about Foles and Dalton together. If you look at all the young quarterbacks that have had success early in their careers, right? they've all had a guy like that. Mahomes had Alex Smith. You know, everybody says Dak had Tony Romo, but Dak had Mark Sanchez. That's who he says. Mark Sanchez is the guy that got me there. Um, and you look at Lamar Jackson with Flacco and, and and all these guys, there's always a veteran that pairs with them. And even if they play right away, there's always a guy right there Um, to help and I think having two guys including you know Dalton who was a great college player and he he's you know he's been a starter for 12 years um, and even got the play for most of last year is only here as a backup he only missed four games and Foles who won a Super Bowl um, which you can say what you want about Nick Foles but he won a Super Bowl and he won a Super Bowl for a team that hadn't won a Super Bowl before so uh, I think that's a great fit and I'll let you get to your pick now
2: hey even Aaron Rodgers had to sit behind Brett Favre for a number of years right and Hey, Justin, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, is Justin Fields the best quarterback in the NFC North? I mean, there's a conversation to be had there, right?
0: I think he certainly can slide into first. I'd give the uh, lead. I'm a Kirk Cousins guy, but I could give a lead to Cousins, Goff, and Fields. I think right there, right? I I think you can slide through for sure.
2: All right. Well, as much as I dislike the Green Bay Packers, my next pick is going to be Josh Myers because you're, (sighs) you're losing. Exhale you're losing in Ohio state center and Corey Lindsley's leaving green Bay. And I just feel like it's a natural fit plug and play immediately. You know, Josh Myers, big body he's going to be a good, I feel like this is one of those guys you, you just can't really miss on, you know, he's going to be a good, solid pro. Uh, so I just think, especially if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback there next season, which who knows if that's going to happen, but if he is an uh, even better situation for Josh Myers, and if he's not, um, I think there's something a little bit exciting about, you know, a center and a quarterback coming into the league together and, and really figuring out how to run an offense together. But I like the situation for Josh Myers. As yeah. boring of a pick as that may be. but
0: And I think you said it right, right? It's copy and paste, cookie cutter, Andrew Norwell, Corey Lindsley, these Ohio State guys, uh, uh, Nick Mangold, these Ohio State guys you can pull, plug and place, 12-year starter. Um He's going to make $8 million a year for the next 15 years, and he'll own a car dealership in, in Green Bay and then have a, an outlet in Columbus just after. So I think that's a great pick. Um, you know, and, and I agree with you as much as it hurts to see the Packers make a good pick. Uh, I think that's a great – that that's a good fit for him and, and a really solid pick that you you just – you won't hear anybody say a bad thing about it.
2: I want to take a quick break to remind you that support for our podcast is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source for high quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. And I've had plenty of trouble sleeping lately. I've had this thing where I'll get up in the middle of the night and then I can't fall asleep after that. Well, Just Live has a product just for that. Uh, Whether it's sleep, whether it's focus, whether it's energy, immune system or stress, Just Live can help you out. That's why Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions including sleep energy focus immunity calm and vitamin c plus they're vegan and low sugar just live was founded by professional athletes clay thompson alex morgan travis pastrana and paul rodriguez because they wanted to create a cbd product they could trust and could stand behind and if you need support with sleep focus energy stress or immune health i highly recommend giving these a try Right now, if you buy one of their new gummies products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, visit JustLive.com and use code SUPPORT to buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies line with code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. That's buy one, get one free at JustLive.com using code SUPPORT. And while I've talked about needing my sleep to improve, I need it to improve so I can enjoy the outdoors this summer. And one of those things that I need to help me enjoy the outdoors is a good pair of sunglasses. Now, I've had so many issues losing sunglasses or breaking a lens or just having an ugly scratch on them. But right now, it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Kanan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger... And Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T one five. Kanan, clearly better.
0: Um, and now I get the value pick of the draft. I was sweating this out. This would have been my first pick had you taken Fields. Uh, I'm going Trey Sermon to the 49ers. Is it? You know. Any running back I would put – if you told me that Mike Weber just got picked up and signed by the San Francisco 49ers, I might put him in my top five here because of the way that the Shanahan's and Kyle Shanahan in particular plugs and plays these running backs. With Trey Sermon, he can be the guy he was the last three games of the year, you know, that Northwestern game and even against Clemson before he got hurt. Um, He just plows through guys. He finds the hole fast. He's got the shake. He's just like Raheem Mostert, maybe a little bit slower than Mostert, but he's stronger. Um, I just think it's a perfect fit for what the uh, Shanahan offense wants to do. And a guy that you won't hear him uh, connected to, or you won't hear him compared to that I think is actually a really good comparison is Alfred Boris. You know, he's a guy who he's got a good amount of shake. He's definitely faster than Alfred Boris and he has the home run speed, but he gets your six, seven yards. And you're like, at the end of the day, the guy has 125 yards. Like, how did that even happen? Now, Sermon might have 175 because he busted the one for 45. But in that Shanahan offense, I, I just – I think Sermon, I saw that happen and I was like, I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's exactly – I'm sure if you're a Rams fan or a Seattle fan, especially a Seattle fan considering they can't stop the run, you're like, here we go again, right? Like plug in place, they, and play They Even if Mostert isn't the guy anymore, they have another guy that's automatically in there and he can pair with that young quarterback the way that you know, Elliott and, and Prescott did a couple of years ago. And it always seems like RG three and uh, Alfred Morris way back in the day with Kyle. Shanahan. So I, I think that's just a great pick and I'm glad I was able to get him in the second round.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I feel like this is just kind of the MO for the 49ers nowadays. It's like a, a value running back, a mid to late round running back, Uh, They get the guy that they they know fits their scheme. And you're like, who the heck – I mean, people know who Trey Sermon is, but I feel like a lot of times with the 49ers, you're like, who the heck is this guy? He comes in, first game, 100 yards, uh, 50 receiving yards, a touchdown or two. You're like, oh, okay, this guy can play a little bit. I'm going to pick him up on my fantasy team. I feel like that could definitely be Trey Sermon. Absolutely. Because – I just think that's a great fit for him as well. I I like that a lot. He was on my board. If he was there, he was going to be my next pick, but I went, uh, I went tried and true, you know, Ohio state center on the Packers. How could I, how could I not, but uh, let me know what you think about my next pick here. This might be a little bit off the board as well, but this is a guy that has first round talent. Um, He maybe fell a little bit and I'm going to go Baron Browning to the, to the Denver Broncos because Uh, It's a similar situation to those first two guys where I don't feel like there's a lot of pressure on the situation for Baron Browning. He goes into Vic Fangio's scheme. And I just think Vic Fangio is such a smart coach and such a good defensive coordinator and defensive mind that he'll make something work with a guy. That's the type of athlete that Baron Browning is, you know, maybe Baron Browning is slow to make decisions and, you know, maybe Baron Browning uh, has a lot to learn about playing linebacker in the NFL, but the athletic traits are there. He has that ability. And I think uh, in that defense, which should be really, really good this season with some of the additions they've been able to make, I think uh, Vic Fangio will find a, a spot for Baron Browning to thrive. So I like that fit.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I, I, with, um, you know, Fangio, those defenses are always awesome. You can think about going back in, in the way the Bears have always had great linebackers, and he moved on, and now. With Denver, they, that's a spot that they've been looking to attack for a while. You know, they drafted Josie Jewell a couple years ago who has outperformed his draft position, but still not a premier top-tier linebacker. And, you know, Browning might not be there in 2021 or 2022, but, you know, with his freak athleticism, he was a five-star recruit to Ohio State. He was the number 11 overall prospect in that class, the entire class, I'm the number one linebacker. I think once he gets a feel for it and they start to understand where he is and with the way he is in pass coverage too, it's, you know, in the AFC West, that's, that's what you're going to need. You're going to need it against Herbert and Mahomes guys that can run with Kelsey guys that can run with, you know, um, Darren Waller, right. You, You need a freak athlete. And I think Baron Browning fills that need for Denver for sure.
2: All right. Who do you got for us now, Tim round three. Yep,
0: round three. I'm actually not going to leave Denver. I'm going to stick with Jonathan Cooper. Seventh round, late pick, you know, almost a flyer for Denver. But he's a guy with, you know, A to B, 4 to 6, something Ohio State always says, as fast as you can from A to B to 4 to 6 seconds. That's all it takes for one play. Cooper's a character guy. He's a high-effort guy. He's a very skilled player, and he really came along late for Ohio State. And he's in a great position because if he makes the team and there's a possibility, he'll start on the practice squad, especially with the extended rosters and being a seventh round pick. But, you know, you have Von Miller, you have Bradley Chubb, two outstanding edge rushers, you know, with Vic Fangio, he makes ed- edge rushers out of dirt too. Guys just pop up and you're like, who is this guy? I remember the the Cowboys brought in Henry Melton a few years ago, who had a year he was a, a tackle at three tech, but, um,
2: Henry Melton was fantastic for the Bears. He was a pro
0: He was awesome, man. And you think about Jonathan Cooper, he's the kind of guy who can build into, you know, that player. And with Von Miller there to to help you out, and Von Miller has proven to be the kind of guy that's a team guy that's always going to help and kind of build. I I don't think there's a better person you can learn from, especially transitioning into being a, you know, maybe a 3-4 outside edge rusher rather than, you know, a 4-3 in the dirt edge rusher like he was at Ohio State.
2: And that's where he did his drills for Ohio State's pro day too. He was he was a stand up linebacker in those drills. And you know the way you talked about Baron Browning as an athlete, Jonathan Cooper was a, a big time recruit for Ohio State as well. I believe he was you know the number three overall defensive end recruit in his class. And you know it, it, ne- it didn't necessarily ever work out for him completely at Ohio State. Uh, like you said, he was a bit of a late bloomer, and you know maybe he was hurt by a shortened season this past year. But I like that fit a lot too. He was he was right there with me, and you know. I, w- I was going to go with him for the exact same reasons I picked Baron Browning because I think Vic Fangio is such a great coach and can get the most out of his players. But let's see, we're on to round four now. Um, getting a little bit tougher at this point, but I'm going to go with Tommy Togiai, uh in Cleveland. I think this is a pretty good fit for him. I think it's going to be a much improved uh, Cleveland defense this season. I think they're a pretty young defense, but there's a, obviously a lot, a lot of talent there. Uh, anytime you get to be on the same defensive line with Miles Garrett, uh, I think you're going to be able to clean up a little bit. And I think that'll be the situation for Tommy Togia. I think he'll be able to be a stopgap in the middle on that Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, I think he's a lot more athletic than people think he is. But he obviously has a ton of strength uh, that, that he showcased at Ohio State this past season. But I like that pick for the Cleveland Browns in what I thought was a really nice draft by Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and they had a couple departures too. You know, Larry Ogunjobi in the middles. They just released Sheldon Richardson a couple weeks ago. Kogiye is a big people mover. He has a little bit of pass rush ability, but you would mostly be focusing on what he does in the run game, fills in those gaps like Sheldon Richardson and Ogunjobi did. He's a plug-and-place player. He could probably play a significant role this year, uh, and then, you know, projecting out to be a big-time player. So. You know, only three sacks last year, but you, like I said, you're not really getting him for the pass rush. You like him in the middle. He's so strong, and, you know, I think staying in Ohio is uh, something that's always an advantage for these Ohio State guys. It usually works out pretty well when the guys stay close to home, especially with the uh, the crowd supporting them. And with that, you know, I go into a pick here, and, and I'll stay in Ohio again Um This is a wild card. This is one I've been sitting on. Every time you say I'm about to go outside the box, I think you're about to do it to me. So I'm going to make sure I get my guy. Um, If I was rating Ohio state players on talent alone, this is my number one player uh, in the draft class. And he hasn't been picked yet. If you think about the team that took him coming into the draft, they were saying, we need to protect the quarterback. We need to protect the quarterback. We need to be better on offense. We need to be better on defense right? And you know where I'm going. Uh, that team took a receiver. They took a couple linemen later, but they're going to punt a lot. And that's why I think Drew Christman, as an unsigned free agent to the Bengals is the best fit of anybody on this list. He was the best punter in college football last year. He was unbelievable at placing teams inside the 10. The Bengals are a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to go three and out a lot. They're going to have a lot of sacks. And they're going to have to punt the ball to set guys up. I think Chrisman is a no-brainer. I'm shocked he didn't get picked. I just thought for some of these teams, like a Dallas, like a, you know, Philadelphia who let go of Cam Johnston this year, that need a punter, this is a guy you could take and not even worry about. You're like, all right, he's going to average 54 yards a punt. He's going to down inside the 20, 65% of the time. Um, and it's just a clean move. It's a great fit. He's a, you know, he's an excellent punter. Um, and Ohio State synonymous with special teams. And I think Jim Tressel in Youngstown is smiling over the fact that the, uh, the Bengals at landed with the punter Chrisman.
2: Yeah, I was shocked. You know, doing my pre draft research and everything, you know, Drew Chrisman wasn't even listed in like the top five punters. He obviously didn't get a whole lot of recognition throughout his Ohio State career, which I think was incorrect. I'm with you. I think this guy's the best punter in college football, um, especially after what Cam Johnston did these past couple of seasons in Philadelphia, it's like this guy, Cam Johnson wasn't even a pro style punter. He was an Aussie punter completely changed the way he kicked. And he turned into one of the best punters in the NFL. If you see that, I mean, Drew Crispin is a better punter than Cam Johnson is in my eyes, no disrespect, but, uh, if I'm a team with a sixth, seventh round pick, I'm thinking about drafting drew Chrisman based off of what I saw him do at Ohio state. So yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. I think Cincinnati gets an absolute steal with drew Chrisman. That's going to be your punter. You know, I don't know how much they put, play plan on paying him after his rookie deal, but this guy could be your punter until he wants to retire, you know, if he's willing to take the money. But uh, I think it's a, a, absolutely fabulous signing by Cincinnati. And, Frankly, I think anybody in the NFL, any team in, in the NFL would benefit from uh, signing a guy like Drew Chrisman.
0: Absolutely, and I think uh, when you talk about Cam Johnson, too, sneaky best upgrade of the season for him. He went from Philadelphia to Arizona, so he's going to get the punt indoors all in, you know – Two out of – in almost 10 to 12 of his games, punt indoors. He gets to live in Arizona full year. Doesn't have to be in Philly. Doesn't have to punt in those wet conditions in Washington and New York and Philadelphia. Um, And he's in Arizona now. But I I couldn't agree – I mean, this is my pick. I've been been waiting on this. If, you know, if it wasn't so frowned upon, I might have taken him earlier. So uh, I'm glad to get Chris Bennett. I, I really like my board right now.
2: Yeah, you have a nice little board. I like it. Uh, My next pick, I'm going to go with an undrafted free agent as well. I'm going to go Justin Hilliard in San Francisco because, similar to the way we've talked about some other guys, Justin Hilliard just had a lot of bad luck in his career at Ohio State. He was the number one overall recruit at linebacker in his draft class. I believe it was the 2015 class. Um, You know, he was hurt a lot at Ohio State. He got stuck in the rotation a little bit as a senior, but when he filled in, uh, well, I guess his super senior year, I really should say, when he filled in this past season, he was fantastic. If a team had drafted Justin Hilliard, I wouldn't have been surprised. This guy obviously has the athletic traits. Yes, he's dealt with injury. Maybe that's hampered him a little bit. I mean, we saw a guy like Dylan Moses from Alabama go undrafted, and you know Dylan Moses would have been a first-round pick by all accounts if he would have stayed healthy last season. Uh, but Justin Hilliard is a guy that I think is worthy of taking a flyer on, and I, I feel like so many times we see, you know, a late round linebacker go to San Francisco and they forge a really nice career for themselves there. Yes, there's a different coaching staff there now. That was a Vic Fangio defense uh, with some of the linebackers that I've talked about. Um, but I like this fit for Justin Hilliard. I would not be surprised whatsoever to 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 see him make this roster. So that's going to be my pick.
0: Yeah. And he was one of Ohio state's best special teams players for a couple of years before finally getting his chance and, you know, a couple of different injuries, but he showed up in the biggest moments. And in the game, you know, the Clemson game, he had the interception, I think, or maybe it was the Alabama game. I think it was a Clemson game, he had the interception, he recovered a bunch of fumbles. He was always in the right spot. He's the kind of guy that people that coaches love. He's always there. He's a yeah, he's captain. The he's, a leader. he's just that guy, you know, he came back for the extra year, his sixth year of eligibility. Um, and he's he's just a guy that's just going to be around. He's never going to get outworked. He's never going to get out-hustled. Um, and I could see him carving out, you know, a a, a bottom five roster spot in San Francisco and, and going forward for the next couple of years always being kind of, you know, the guy you – the linebacker that you have hang around because he's just so good on special teams and so good when you need to plug and place him. Um, you know, a couple of guys like Justin Marsh-Lillard, like guys you think like that who – End up playing ten years in the NFL just because they're always in the perfect spot and they always put themselves in the right position so i I, I do really like that fit there for Hilliard in San Francisco and like you said it's all about making the roster um, and they have great linebackers there you know Fred Werner comes to mind that's somebody who's a very smart player who could really help Hilliard along and similar guy you know college leader top tier player that um, you know he was a third I think he's a second or third round pick but one of the best linebackers in the NFL, always great to learn. And, uh, you know, in a ball control offense, like San Francisco, that defense is, they're going to be that, that team. That's one of those teams I'm always going to be high on just because Kyle Shanahan, but you know, if Trey Lance is who Trey Lance is, I think, I, I, I think San Francisco could be a problem for a long time.
2: Yeah. I agree with you there.
0: All right. And with the final pick, the the 10th overall pick, uh, I mean, this is another guy I'm happy to get. I'll take Wyatt Davis to the uh, Minnesota Vikings. You know, they, they swung and missed a couple of years ago on Pat Elfline. That's
2: why I stayed away from Wyatt Davis. I just don't want to see an Ohio State offensive lineman fail in Minnesota again.
0: And, and you know what? Elfline went to New York, and he started a handful of games. He played really well. It just it wasn't quite the fit. You know, Spielman loves his Ohio State guys, and that was certainly proven in this draft as well. He goes Wyatt Davis in the third round. Uh, maybe Davis needs to get a little bit bigger in the NFL level. But if you look at the defensive lines in the NFC North, you know, there, there are a couple big bruiser guys, but a lot of the talent is on the outside. Trey Flowers, Khalil Mack, the top tier guys, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, you're thinking about big time edge rushers. So I think early on, at least if Wyatt Davis has to start from day one, I think he'll be able to hold his own. Um, Once again, high character guy, Big 10 offensive lineman of the year last year. First team all Big 10 the last two years and an All-American the last two years. He's a blue chip prospect. Whatever helmet he wore in college, he probably would have been, you know, a second or third round pick regardless. He just stands out. Um, And playing next to, you know, Munford and and playing next to Myers might have even hurt him, right? Because you don't see him as isolated enough and you don't know what he can do on his own. But, man, this is a guy that everybody loves when he, he decided he was coming back. And opting in, it was Ryan Day, Justin Fields. These guys were going nuts that he was coming back. Um, and it was like landing a five-star recruit for last year. So I think with the value, you know, 86 overall, it's still a top 100 pick, but you didn't have to spend a top 32 pick, like on Elfline and Billy Price, right? These two Ohio State guys, first-round picks, and maybe Elfline was a two. I think he was a first-round pick, though. And we'll, we'll, we'll have the, the, the research department double-check that. But uh, – You know, get 86 overall, you probably have a long-term offensive line interior starter. And the Vikings are a team that loves to run the ball. They got two great running backs with Cook and Madison. And, you know, with the way they pull guys similar to the way San Francisco plays offense, a lot of pulling guards. He's an athletic guard. He can lay the boom. You get Dalvin Cook out there on that sweep with Ham. You get Ham, Davis, and Dalvin Cook coming up the left side. Good luck. So I really like that pick.
2: I've got one correction, and I don't want to make you feel too bad, but Pat Elfline was the 70th overall pick, a third round. Okay, in so three, early
0: three, okay. Yeah, but
2: still more, you know, Wyatt Davis going later than Pat Elfline, and uh, I'm comfortable in saying I think Wyatt Davis is a better player than Pat Elfline was even as a college football player, so. Yep. Yeah, I like that fit. I like that fit as well. That was on my board, but like I said, I was a little bit scared because I didn't want to jinx uh, an Ohio State Buckeye playing on that offensive line for Minnesota. Plus, I hate the Minnesota Vikings, so uh, I, I, I hate having to root against Wyatt Davis now, but that's just how it's going to have to be. Uh, Tim, I appreciate the time. This was great, but I want to ask you about one more thing. Either one of us drafted Pete Warner. He was the second Buckeye off the board, the 60th overall pick to the New Orleans Saints. Why'd you stay away from Pete Werner? I just
0: – I never loved the Saints defense. You think – you know, when you think Saints, you think offense, you think flashiness, um, and they're going to be in shootouts. They got Jameis Winston now, right? They're going to be turning the ball over. Pete Werner's going to be starting he's not his LASIK, career. Man.
2: He's, not, he's yeah. not throwing picks. He got LASIK.
0: Pete Werner's going to be starting his career in his own red zone because there's going to – he's going to be out there for the PAT after a Jameis Winston opening drive pick six. Uh, the Saints love Ohio State guys, right? You get Lattimore, you have, uh, they had Ginn for a little bit there. They had Mike Thomas. They pop up JT Barrett was even a, a, a Saint for a little bit too. Eli Apple. Yeah. They, they're everywhere on that team. So if you think with Werner, I like Werner as a player. I, I think he is a very important athletic linebacker that is going to be super useful. Um, and if you think about, you know, the tight ends, Gronkowski and Breit and OJ Howard, that, are going to come at you from Tampa Bay and all the offensive weapons that Carolina and Atlanta, I mean, dude, Atlanta, you're going to have a guy, he could be one. That's why I don't like him. The number one reason I don't like Pete Werner to the saints is because he's going to have to cover Kyle Pitts, and maybe he's one of two guys who has to cover Kyle Pitts. but that is going to be a Twitter video two weeks or three weeks into the year of Pete Werner chasing Kyle Pitts the way tough Borland was chafing uh, Devonta Smith. So that definitely scares me a little bit. And, uh, you know Werner's a guy that he, he always did his job he, he was quiet and he's a great special teams player so I, I think he'll have an impact on the Saints early but I uh I just worry. I always worry about that even though the Saints defense has actually been pretty good in recent years uh, I get scared in in especially thinking about Gronkowski Pitts, and uh, I know Carolina picked up a top tier tight end too I can't I can't remember who but man that's that's scary
2: yeah, I agree with you there. It's just like, I, I don't know what the Saints are going to be next season. If if you told me they had Drew Brees and they were going to control the ball a little bit more, maybe I'd like this pick better. Um, but, you know, you talked about San Francisco, and we talked about Justin Hilliard on San Francisco a bit earlier. If you would have told me that Pete Werner got drafted in the third round by the San Francisco 49ers, I'd be really excited. I think he'd be a good player there and a good fit. Um, but I feel like it's a little, you know, I know he had a really good pro day and really good measurables and everything, but I feel like it's still a little bit of a reach for New Orleans. Pete Warner's a guy that I really enjoyed watching play in college. Um, I think he'll be a good linebacker in the NFL, but I just think it's a little bit, a little bit aggressive by by the saints in this situation and i feel like he's going to be forced into maybe a spot he's not quite ready for yet. Yeah,
0: and and i think too there was a ton of linebacker depth in this in especially in th- i mean the dallas got jabril cox in the fourth round who's a very similar player to pete warner warner might be a better run defender but cox is as good at covering receivers as any linebacker in the draft there was more room there and you'd think you know, the Saints with LSU in their backyard, they could wait a little bit and, and make a move on one of those LSU linebackers. So, you know, I, I think Werner will be a good pro eventually. I just – man, we, we saw a couple matchups that he had with, you know, Friar Muth and, and other big-time tight ends where he held his own at some points and other times, you know, he got caught in space. And uh, I just I, – I'm a, I, if I had the number one overall pick, I would have taken Kyle Pitts. So that tells you all I need to know. I am, and I'm so glad that he ended up in Atlanta. Cause I think that's a very safe place for him. You can root for him. You don't have to worry about anything. It'll give Matt Ryan. You don't have to worry
2: of- about his team ever being any good. He'll, he'll, he'll put up numbers. He'll never be in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: And people will stop talking about, you know, Julio Jones in the, in the red zone, because he's actually going to score some touchdowns now that they're going to have to cover Kyle Pitts. So um, I just, that's my favorite pick of the, I just think Kyle Pitts is going to be a monster, and um, yeah, Werner's a good player, I just, you know, I'm just not 100%, I'm not sold on the Saints, so we don't have enough time, we don't have enough time for me to get into my Saints issues.
2: Yeah, it's tough to ask a guy to guard somebody that's unguardable in Kyle Pitts, I mean, Kyle Pitts is the unicorn, I mean, if you've never watched, if if anybody listening to this has never watched Kyle Pitts play football, I mean, he, he is a wide receiver in a tight ends body. That's better than most wide receivers.
0: Yeah. And if you're, if you're a uh, saints or Buccaneers fan watching this, and you you're already upset about Kyle Pitts, uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I, hope you have a, I hope you have a good favorite whiskey. Cause you're going to have to be sipping on it for 10 to 12 years.
2: All right, Tim. Well, this was great. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more of you uh, going forward. Hope so, man. Good.
0: Great to talk to you. Great to see you. Uh, Tell everybody I say hello and uh, go Buckeyes.
2: All right, again, a big thanks there to my friend Tim Tully for joining us this week on Believe in Ohio State Football. A great conversation really breaking down, you know, where these former Buckeyes now stand in the National Football League. And, you know, like I let off with this uh, this episode, I think it's great. A lot of guys found new homes, good fits, and I think uh, this is going to be a really, really successful draft for these Ohio State Buckeyes. There are a lot of guys with good opportunities, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens for these now former Ohio State Buckeyes. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Believe in Ohio State Football, presented by Bet Online. As always, I want to say thank you to our sponsors. Uh, We couldn't do it without them, but really, we couldn't do it without you, the listener. Thank you so much for joining me this week, every week, on Believe in Ohio State Football. And as always, I will talk to you this time next week.
0: who get it done.